Last year came and went, and it's behind us. This, this, this is the Rich Eisen Show. With Carson, I mean, you stuck with him a long time. You know, things things just started going a little sideways for us, and then and then I had to make a decision to bench him. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I look back on it now, and I would have done the same thing. Earlier on the show, Oral Roberts head coach Paul Mills. Coming up, Loyola of Chicago head coach Porter Moser. From NBC Sports, Peter King, plus Ohio University head coach Jeff Bowles. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Dan Helley. What is up? An NCAA Tournament Monday. We have a game going on right now as we speak. I don't think there is any argument that the NCAA Tournament is the greatest sporting event that there is. I love the Super Bowl. I'm a football guy. I'm an NFL guy. Super Bowl is is maybe the biggest singular game, but there's no greater tournament in my mind in sports. Now, t- tennis fans are going to argue with me a little bit than the NCAA tournament. Oregon taking on Iowa right now. Oregon, the seven seed, uh, beating Iowa 56 to 46. Uh, Brockman, is this when we do the uh, the update? That is a shootout, by the way. Yeah. Can we just talk about that? There were some games that were f- the final score of the winning team had uh, a, a number in the 50s. And Oregon has 56 at the half. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, Chris Brockman, hey, Mike Del Tufo, TJ in the house as well. Guys, it is good to TJ. be back. What's good up, to man? See you, man? Where you been? Uh, but doing a little bit of everything, man. Doing some college basketball, digging into some UFC again. We started this really cool weigh-in show for, for pay-per-view events. Yep. Um, doing it with Daniel Cormier, one of my broadcast partners, uh, Laura Sanko. Nice. Uh, awesome. Aljamain Sterling going to be sitting in uh, this Friday. Uh, you know, they do the weigh-ins, and then they have the stare-downs, and then they come up and sit on set with us and, awesome. um, you know, chop it up for a minute. So, uh, so you've been dabbling. You've been doing some play-by-play NFL as well. You yeah. said you're getting back in the UFC. Which one, uh, I want to say you like the best, but, like, which is the coolest maybe experience? What have you, what's kind of grown on you? What do you like about uh, calling these events? Well, I started doing play-by-play with football because that's kind of my wheelhouse when I was working at NFL Network and love calling NFL games. I mean, just awesome. Uh, by the way, way easier to call an NFL game than a college game, primarily because of roster size, right? So right. you create these spotting boards, and you got 53 guys you know, that you have yeah. to know something about. And just through osmosis being around it and the NFL being as big as it is, you know most of these guys. Right. Whereas when you're calling a Conference USA game <laughs> and you're going to FAU when Lane Kiffin was there <laughs> sure. and you got 90 dudes that you have to learn, um, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit tougher. And when you do an NFL game, the support staff is, is it's everything you need, right, right? At, at every level. Um, and when you do some of the smaller college games, um, it's, just a little more, it's just a little more difficult, a little more labor-intensive. I'll tell you what I really have grown to love is calling college basketball games. Love basketball. It's just, it's so fast and the pace. And you really are, you know, football is a little more, okay, you have a spotter standing next to you, you have this big chart, you watch what happens, you're just watching the game and you're calling the play, but then you have to sometimes make sure your spotter has who made the tackle because you can't really tell. And then you're laying out, it's very formulaic, you know, for your color analyst to, uh, to do a little talking. Basketball, 
You're just, you're just going. I mean, look at these basketball guys. A guy will spend an entire week, Brockman, getting ready for a football game. An entire week, right? right. That's, that's your job. You call one football game a week. Yeah. That's why it's so impressive when Joe Buck is doing the World Series yeah, and doing between. a Thursday game yeah. and doing a Sunday game. Crazy. And I remember a couple of years ago just watching that, and I said, anybody who, who tweets or says a single negative thing about Joe Buck not liking his style or whatever, just to just stop because what he's doing is a yeoman's effort. Like that, very few people can, can do what Joe Buck does during that time of year, and he doesn't have to do it year round. You know, it's only during uh, the baseball playoffs in the postseason, but it's it's really impressive. But you look at these guys in the NCAA tournament; they're calling two, three games in a row, yeah, right yeah. from the same site. Right? A, you have to keep your energy level up, mm-hmm. um, which it, you're probably listening to this. Oh, how hard is it to keep your energy level up? We, I'm telling you, it's not as easy as one would think, especially yeah. if the game's not good. Um, I was watching uh, Spiro Ditas, who's a, a friend calling his games with, with, with Brendan Haywood. Of course. Um, did a tremendous job. And that guy's just smooth. Spiro's a pro, yeah. Just silky, dude. Yeah, Great pipes, sure. just calm, cool the whole way through. Um, so anyway, I love basketball. The most challenging one has been UFC. So got hired to do that a few years ago and called Dana White's Contender Series. Mm-hmm. Really cool events, the summer series. They have 10 fighters. Uh, they do it for 10 weeks. And so you have five fights on a, on a Tuesday night. And it's guys who are all on the cusp of the UFC, kind of guys who are in the equivalent of, let's say, AAA baseball. And at the end of the night, the hook to the show is Dana White awards one or more of the fighters' UFC contracts. Mm-hmm. It's oh, dream come true. Amazing. It is awesome. dream realized. So you get that, you know, reality TV show uh, and real live fighting card all in one. Um, so that's really cool. But long story short, I, I had to learn UFC. I remember when I got this gig, yeah. I, I hadn't called MMA before. There was a guy named Alan Joban, mm-hmm. uh, who's a UFC fighter who they paired me up with for the audition. And uh, he came into my house and we watched two hours of fights. And it was kind of a UFC for dummies. <laughs> he just kind of, all right, you know, this is uh, a rear naked choke. Um, you know, this is top position. This is what they're doing, you know, on their feet. Just all the UFC jargon. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it helped me out through throughout that process. So and you find yourself being an even bigger fan now? Much. Yeah. How much? But it's one of those situations where, the, you know, people say you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we kind of get into our mode and a lot of people aren't uncomfortable. And once they're kind of established and, you don't, you don't need to be uncomfortable. But I think it's good to get outside of your box and do yeah, something. Totally. So that was that was one of those things where I probably over-prepared at times because I I didn't want to not know. Um, but right. I also, come off on the broadcast being like, oh, well, this guy doesn't right. know what he's saying. But you also have to know what you don't know. You also have to lean on your analyst in those in those certain situations. Yeah. So cool. anyway, the play-by-play world. Yeah, probably delved a little Love bit it. too deep oh, into that man, for our awesome. listeners. But yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a very different thing than than being a, a sports talk radio host or a studio host, and um, it's uh, I like being in the moment because you just don't you don't know you don't know anything what, can happen. It's the beauty of live sports. Yeah, no, it's and by the way, that's it's the future. There's there, there's a reason that uh, there's 113 billion dollars <laughs> yeah. the NFL hold in for their live events. You got a news update, Brockman? Yeah, let's do the news. Hit it. And now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, 
Someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever. It's Chris Brockman. <laughs> but he's a basketball fan of Syracuse. So now. disrespectful, by the way. <laughs> As I say that, dressed how I am. Yeah, I know. Are you ever mad the whole show? He's in the house. I'm doing this the whole show. I'll be back to normal tomorrow-ish. <laughs> normal. All right, let's hit some NFL stuff. As we are talking about, the league is going to hold an in-person draft April 29th to May 1st. In Cleveland, limited attendance and protocols for the limiting, uh, obviously, of the COVID spread. The league announced Monday, select number of prospects, fans, media crews will be on site for the draft. That is awesome. Fans attending draft day activities will be required to wear face mask coverings and adhere to social distancing. Some of the prospects will be virtual. All fans seated near the main stage will be fully vaccinated. So exciting that we're getting, quote, unquote, back to normal when it comes to the NFL draft. Your thoughts on that, Dan? I love it. I love it. And I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how much of the of last year's uh, draft stuff that they incorporate, meaning do some general managers want to work out of their home office and have their um, some of their scouts join them there, or are they all going to be back in the war room and, and do it as they have in years past? My guess is that most will be doing that because they want to likely be together again. Um, but I just think we talked about this a few minutes ago, the draft being on the road and them turning that into an event as opposed to being inside in New York City every year uh, was just ingenious. Genius. Yeah. Genius. I, I think it's awesome. I cannot wait. Draft is one of my favorite events uh, each year. A couple of free agent things that happened kind of over the weekend. County Galladay finally signed. He had been holding out for some big money. Four years, $72 million dollars. With the New York football giants, how do you like that fit for Kenny Galladay? You saw some video of Saquon working out over the weekend. And, of course, Danny Dimes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, Kyle Rudolph's coming in there, too. Yep. Evan Ingram, you know, I got Saquon coming back healthy. I still don't know what we have at the quarterback position with the giants. I don't know. Not what, sold on Danny Dimes? I, 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 don't know, I don't know what he is. You know, I had too many interceptions for me. At some point, you got to clean that up. Mm. So he gives them their best receiving threat, obviously, since Odell left yep. town. And I'm still kind of baffled that he got as much as he did coming off an injury-plagued season. I mean, he, he was hurt for the majority of this past year and really didn't do much. But when he's at his best, um, you know, this this is a guy, he's 6'4". He can go over, he can high point the ball, you know. He needs to have, though, he needs to have between 90 and 100 catches, double-digit yeah, touchdowns, absolutely. and you know, thirteen to 1,400 yards to make this deal worth it. Yeah, you saw the wide receiver market was kind of dry. Now, these yeah. guys didn't go day one, didn't go day two. Took till the weekend for Kenny Galladay to finally get his deal. He gets $18 million. There was hope. I think he was hoping for a little bit more, maybe, per year average there. But do you think this tips the balance in the East at all? Is it still Cowboys? I, I mean, I think Washington is kind of, we did a poll last week and Washington won it as the team to beat in the NFC East. Does is that, that surprise right? you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fitzmagic is back. Hey, come, come on, Curtis man. Curtis Samuel, yeah. Terry McLaurin, Antonio one. Gibson. No. So TJ, you're, you're a big Dallas fan, right? And you know this. Yeah. Yeah, well, as you know, I'm a big Washington fan, so we're yeah. oil and water right now. But I, I, and I wanna, still like you for some weird I know, reason. I like you too, and I, and I want to hear your take. And I'm actually, to be honest, I'm 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 a little jealous because there are times when I wish I was a Dallas fan. And as you probably know, <laughs> be, being a bit. from the Washington area, if you're not a Washington fan, 
You're a Cowboys fan. There are a ton of Cowboys there. That's what I hear. Yeah. There, there's there's a ton. Yeah, I, and the reason the reason is is very simple. Washington was the last team to integrate, and a lot of team a lot of guys who live there and grew up there is like I'm not rooting for this team, and so they were Cowboys fans going back for decades. Yeah. And so when your grandpa's a Cowboys fan and then your dad's a Cowboys fan, you grew up a Cowboys fan. So there is a massive love hate relationship in Washington D.C. with with Washington football team fans and Cowboys fans. I, um, I, I love the defense in Washington. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick, he's, what, what, what is he? He's, he's hot and he's cold. There's very, there's, he's going to be exciting. He's exciting. I don't know that he makes him better. Dan Helley, do you realize this? Do you know that last week, someone in this studio who remained nameless literally made a case for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be entered into the hallowed halls of the pro football hall of fame. Do you believe that? Was it somebody who's sitting in this room someone right now, or was it Eisen who's on no, vacation? No, someone in this room right now said that, and it clearly wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't Del Tufo. I'm sure. Who's more worthy of Hall of Fame enshrinement? Okay, oh, oh, oh. I know where he's going. Boring three yards of carry, Frank Gore, or the most exciting man in football, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> he's got the most exciting beard, but I, I will say <sighs> this: I will say this about Frank Gore. He solidified his, and this is where. I kind of have an issue, and I understand where you're coming from. He solidified his Hall of Fame status, and he is a Hall of Fame running back over the last five years yeah. by just kind of racking up seven, eight hundred yeah, yards a Mr. year, three point two yards Mr. per carry. But he's you don't turn into red zone to see Frank Gore take it two yards in a cloud of dust. You turn into red zone to see Fitz Magic tight windows throwing bombs. Fist pumping, beard popping out of his helmet. Post game, great shirts. Come on, puts he, on a thanks, Mike. If this guy, I mean, there is this thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick that I think he's a, just a tad bit overrated. And underrated, is, underappreciated. Over is what I said, 100%. and I think you're hearing this right now. I mean, no offense to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the dude's played on like 17 teams already. If he was that great, <laughs> that that body count would be, that jersey count, should I say, would be far lower. Than what it is. Yeah, he's great and exciting for like four games a season. What about the other 12? Well, Fitzmagic's going to be starting for his ninth NFL team. Oh, it, hell yeah. It, it's Nine, absolutely 17. remarkable um, what he has achieved in the last five years of his career because he was a complete afterthought for the most part outside of a, a good scene in Buffalo. Right. I remember talking to Terrell Owens three, four years ago, and we were talking about Tony Romo and Donovan McNabb and some of the great quarterbacks that he's played with. And, of course, in classic T.O. fashion, when I said, who's your favorite quarterback that you've ever played with? Thinks about it, pauses, live on the air for five seconds. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? His favorite quarterback. Obviously, it's not going to be Donovan. Okay? okay, we We know those two did not get along well. But Tony Romo, not his favorite quarterback? And T.O. played with Steve Young. And he, cr and he cried for Jeff Tony Garcia. Romo. Ryan Fitzpatrick was T.O.'s favorite quarterback of all Maybe time. Maybe he meant like as a human being. They, nope. they were so connected. Yeah. Nope. Nah. You know why I think he loved him? And this is why receivers love him. Because he trusts those guys and he'll take chances. Yep. He is the antithesis of what they had this year in Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is not a risk taper. He, he's, yeah. he's the game manager type guy. So, yeah, they're pretty excited about about Fitz in in Washington. I just, I, I can't get excited about the Giants. I can't really get excited about Dallas. Um, I mean, I think that we're looking at a Cowboys team that could be moving on from Zeke Elliott.
in two years. Whoa. Once they get to that contract and they're not going to be on the hook, for once they get through the guaranteed portion of that contract. Tony Pollard, as productive as Zeke? No. Tony Pollard's pretty good last year. Yeah. I yeah. think that contract will get restructured, but, yeah. I mean, come on. There's a reason Ezekiel Elliott went fourth in the draft and Tony Pollard didn't. Like, there, There's a definite TJ, talent. TJ, where did Trent Richardson go in the draft? <laughs> he went third. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, baby. So you're comparing Ezekiel Elliott to Trent Richardson now? I, mean, I am not, but yeah, I am simply Ezekiel saying Ezekiel only has like 8,000 more yards rushing. I, I'm just saying lot. that draft the draft lot. status, yeah. uh, when they get to the end of that contract, um, I just I think things are going to be interesting there. I, there. There's a lot of work to be done for every team in in the NFC East. And as you spin through the talk shows on all of the sports networks, it is constantly we call it a lower third graphic on the bottom of your screen. It's NFC East, right? That's what yeah. they're they're all talking about is the, the you know Giants and obviously with with Kenny Galladay that puts them back in the news. Um, right off the top. What but, about for the quarterbacks, just specifically? Last NFC East, and we'll move on to some NBA. Which quarterback in the NFC East excites it's, excites you the most for 2021? Is it Jalen Hurts, someone we haven't mentioned yet? Well, I don't know that he excites me the most, but there's the most intrigue there. I think we know what we're going to have with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Dak uh, was spectacular when he was healthy last year because he had to be. Yeah. Um, and I think we know what we have with Dak. Uh, that's but also a question mark coming off of the injury. Yeah, just not as much as... Uh, it, he, listen, he's he has the contract. Everything's solidified. The guy's a top ten NFL quarterback. I, I'll be curious to see if, like, two years from now, if we still call Dak Prescott a top ten NFL quarterback. I think he's good, not great. Um, but Jalen Hurts, I think, is also potentially good, not great. And is that yeah. going to be good enough in Philadelphia? Right. Because that is the I was going to say the second toughest sports market in America to play in, but it, it might just be tougher than New York City. It's it's tough, it's tough. to play in Philly. Yeah. And when you're winning, everything's great. And I, I talked about it's quick. Yeah, it does. And I talked about having Mike Tannenbaum on, on my podcast last week. And he, of course, was the general manager for the Jets for a long time. And when you're in a sports market like a New York, like a Philadelphia, Chicago and D.C. are Good sports towns, but they don't they don't compare to those two. Nothing else in my mind compares to those two. You hear it, whether you want to hear it or not. Players and coaches can say they don't read it, but you hear it from your family and your friends, and it's always brought to your attention. And I think some people just shrivel up and they're not made for that. I think Jalen Hurts has the potential to be made for that. The question is how 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 good can he be? Like on the upper level of good, is he gonna be on a scale of one to ten? Is he gonna be uh, a seven and a half, or is he going to be, you know, a, a, a six and a half? Like, what's your bar? Like, who, like, quarterback wise, as you measure them, who would I mean, you it, put him? Is he as good as Kyler Murray? Like, with when you're no. saying Patrick Mahomes is a 10, obviously, as you go down right. the list, where would you put her? I just, the, the, the sample size is, is so small with, with Hertz. I just think with, with Jalen, we've seen his ceiling. He was beaten out in college by Tua. Right, he went to Oklahoma and played well. I don't, I don't love, I don't love Jalen as an elite quarterback. I think he's, yeah. like I said, I think he's good, not great. I, I think Dak is just one notch below great. I think he's also good, not great. Um, that's why this division is interesting. You get, you get Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in. He's the second best quarterback in the division behind Dak. Yeah. Right, there's no argument there. Yeah. 
We don't, we just don't, but you don't know what you have in Hurts. You don't know what you have in Daniel Jones. And this is a huge year for Daniel Jones. Huge. This is it, right? You, I mean, you're going to be at the end of that rookie contract. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're either going to get paid or you're going to get cut. Yep. That's it. Yep. And if you're in New York, you got to figure that out. you got to figure out what you have. Heck, the Jets don't know what they have with Sam Darnold. You know, it looks like they're potentially going to be keeping him around unless there's some massive trade and, you know, they, they flip him for Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you get for Sam Darnold? A second-round draft choice? I don't think anybody's given up a first-rounder at, at, this, at this time. But the, the quarterback situation around the NFL is just it, – it's fascinating to me because we thought there would almost be more movement going into the offseason – uh, the Schefters of the world were saying, listen, there's 12 teams that are set at quarterback. You got the rest of the league that yeah. could have a new starting quarterback next year. And you talk about being draft. You talk about Zeke mm. being a top five pick. Sam Darnold, the number two pick in the draft. And that's, I think that's saving him right now. Because there are so many people like our good buddy Daniel Jeremiah who love Sam Darnold coming out that year and still haven't given up on him. And what is what is DJ? DJ is a former scout for an NFL team, and that's the front office of the Jets is saying the same thing. Wow, man, we had a pretty good grade on this guy. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we are we can change him now. Adam Gase not here anymore. Right. We we can make him what he was supposed to be. Um, but I'm fascinated by the number of quarterbacks that are going to go in the top eight picks. Oh, I'm also awesome. I'm also this this Deshaun Watson situation yep. is bananas. And what does that do from a from a football standpoint in terms of potential trades that could be there or could not be there? There was a report that several teams are still inquiring despite um, all the allegations of sexual harassment by massage therapists, which now, by the way, is up to 10 um, in the last week. Uh, so this is this is something, again, that we'll touch on with with Peter King. But, um, you know, this is. That that could change. It's a whole ripple effect, right? Yeah. If Deshaun goes somewhere, um, what happens to the next guy in line? I I thought that there could be an interesting marriage in Carolina. I thought they would find a way to make that work, but I believe they're the eighth pick uh, in the draft, the Panthers. So um, that they'll they'll be picking a quarterback if they don't find a way to to make that work. Um, but there's so much. There's so much to get to in the NFL. I mean, it literally is. It's it's a never-ending. Yeah, we could do story. all day about it. Yeah. Um, we have already talked to the best Cinderella story. We have another one. Porter Moser, head coach of uh, Loyal of Chicago, which is in the Sweet 16. Once again, coming up a bit later in the show. Uh, Dan Helley, filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Going to take a quick break, and we will be back here. In just a moment. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the last day you, sir, Brett Favre, will ever not be a Hall of Famer from sunup to sundown. I haven't thought about that. Well, but, yeah, I mean, you're kind of... I'm the perspective guy. That's what I do. <laughs> what are your thoughts about the enshrinement here for the Pro Football Hall You know, sometimes, because um, it's been, a, as we were talking uh, prior to coming on, it, it's been a busy year mm-hmm. or last eight, eight months, I guess. And you almost kind of get inundated with all the stuff rather than just kind of like soaking it all in like this is really just an incredible honor. Have you thought about who is going to present you in Canton Uh, next summer? Yeah. um, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, God. No. Why'd you let me sit there for a few seconds like that, Brett? I mean, uh, you thought about, like, I'm going to well, throw it you out You told there. me prior to coming on here, yeah. drama. Yes, drama. I did, yeah. Did. So, well, you drama. <laughs> so not, you know, it's so not you, rich. So you know who it is right now. You know who yeah, it is. Does that person know who it is? Right sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Is it Mooch? He wished. <laughs> he wished. <laughs> if I had told you when you were starting out in, in Green Bay, that you would be a pro football famer with two grandchildren on the day that you're going up. Would you have believed I, it? No, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, I, it, would, it would be, uh, yeah, like, really? It's just hard, you know? Yeah, physically, but to be good mm-hmm. or good enough for that long. Right. So everything I ever dreamed of, uh, hope would happen, has has come true and then some you do realize that after tomorrow night when you're enshrined that is your last chance to announce a comeback well you I'm, do realize you know i was right? gonna ask you you know like say sunday if i said you know i think i'm gonna play another you can't do that you can will you, you can will you do that on nfl game day morning will you make that announcement on nfl well i'll Network? see how i feel sunday morning <laughs> so wake no. up you know it's yeah. a super sunday you might feel that itch again do you miss it at all though one day where you're just you know wake I, up and like, I, I, just, I really don't um you know i miss the kind of the non-football stuff you, you know funny events and stuff and, right but not like, 
if you know you see a big win, yeah. you go, yeah, that's that's good. But the, the other team, yes, I don't miss being the other team, and it's just a matter of time before the bad hits before it comes yeah. to get you. Yeah, so I don't miss that. Welcome back, friends. Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Before we get to a little NBA news tweet coming in from uh, Chiefs fan in L.A., this is Brian. We were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is this generation's Doug Flutie, Brian says. Fitz wins big games. He upset New England so the Chiefs could have the one seed on the way to the ring. And they got benched for Tua while having his team in the playoff picture. This I will say about Fitzmagic. He is perhaps the most exciting quarterback of our generation, perhaps. But there was a crack in the armor when he was benched for Tua. When he said that this was very difficult and was very sad. And right. I remember that. I didn't expect that. And I actually thought that it would affect his value as a free agent <laughs> because you're supposed to be a mentor. Now, it only lasted like a day, <laughs> yeah, right? And then right, he was right, over right. it, and then he helped Tua, and then he played again, and... um but that was, I, I, I was really surprised by that. Now, the timing of the benching obviously was surprising in Miami, but perhaps there's a crack in the armor. As a Washington football team fan, I hope that uh, that's been repaired because I don't want to see that crack in the armor again. Um, although Taylor Heineke, a little different than, than Tua, Tunga Bailoa. Anyway, that's enough on Fitz. Uh, NBA news, we have some, uh, some big-time Injuries uh, uh, that yeah. are on the forefront right now, Brock. Yeah, big time, big time bummer too. So first, we'll start with LeBron. He's out indefinitely. Uh, the dreaded high ankle sprain uh, Saturday night against the Hawks. Uh, two hours after the game, the Lakers said he's out indefinitely. Uh, saw one report that it's going to be about three weeks, maybe at least. But obviously, Anthony Davis hasn't played in a month, and now LeBron's out, and now the Nets are the favorite betting wise to win the championship. Uh, obviously not good here for the Lakers. No, it's awful. And it sounds like the Lakers are kind of planning on a month that, that he's going to be out. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Anthony Davis uh, out as well. Uh, Marcus Gasol, their starting center, um, not playing right now either. Yep. Their starting lineup against the Suns, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, Markeith Morris, Wes Matthews, in KCP. That's 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 a little different. Not championship quality. So, you know, the big question for me is if you're the Lakers right now with the trade deadline coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, do you need to make a move? Because right now you're sitting at third in the standings. And I, I think with the Lakers, after coming off what they did last year with everybody healthy, you're, you're not really worried about where you're seated unless, unless you fall all the way down to you know a seven seed, and then you have to do that play-in Yeah, the series. little tournament. Right? And then all of a sudden, things can get interesting. Yeah. You right? Might, you, might, you get bounced, suddenly it's over. And so do you need to acquire somebody before the trade deadline? Like a big guy? Do they go after Aaron Gordon? He's kind of on the block in Orlando. Even their center, Vucevic, is on the block. I, I don't know that you get a guy like Gordon. Like maybe you just have to be just too expensive potentially, but you, I, maybe you just have to wait for the buyout market and get yeah. a, get get an Andre Drummond, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, I think but, Drummond comes in and immediately makes an impact with these guys out. Yeah. If 
for the Lakers. Yeah, but I mean, as, as we as we look at the standings here, um, it's third place right now. But they're they're not they're, they they lose five or six games in a row, and all of a sudden, you know, they're jockeying with the Spurs for the seven seed and eight seed in that playing tournament. Even if that three holds, do, does anyone want a piece of Dame time in no. the playoffs? By the no. way, that three is not going to hold. You think they're dropping? Yeah. 30 no a month for LeBron out? There's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, I mean, the, you, you've seen the numbers without LeBron and yeah, Anthony they, Davis. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're outscored every single game. Um, but you just look at that. KCP, Wes Matthews, Schroeder, Kuzma, Markeith Morris. I mean, that's that's their starting lineup right now. That, that's that's not a playoff caliber starting lineup. That's that's. I'm not going to make some funny G League starting lineup because these guys are NBA guys. <laughs> yeah, but sure, I, yeah. that's that's not a that's not a playoff caliber starting lineup. And the question is, at what point and how how much time do you need if you know AD is going to come back before LeBron? One would expect, yep. you know, with the calf and the Achilles issue, but he's going to need some ramp up too. You don't just throw him out there playing yeah, 32 minutes forever. a game. Yeah. You know, he's going to be on a pitch count like Blake Griffin is right now. You know, he's going to be playing 15 minutes a game for a while. How many games do you need with AD and LeBron back on the court together before you feel comfortable going into the playoffs? Five? Six? Uh, I don't know. Something like that. I mean, there's some. Da- I mean, you don't want to play Dame. You don't want to play Luka in the first round. The Nuggets are so dangerous, and there are five right now. The West playoffs is going to be, is going to be dynamite. Yeah. And, some, and the other bum- bummer injury news from over the weekend – uh, LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year, favorite for Charlotte. Took a really bad fall. You could see him grabbing his wrist during the game. Uh, Woj and everybody saying fractured wrist out for the season. Such a bummer because he was so exciting to watch. Made the Hornets kind of a, a league pass favorite team. How exciting they were with Hayward and Rozier and Devontae Graham is back, P.J. Washington. But uh, bummer news, LaMelo going to miss the rest of the year. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. All of a sudden, the Hornets, uh, who are currently in the eighth seat um, in the East at 20 and 21, are relevant. And they have two 20-point-per-game scores. You said both of them, uh, Rogier and uh, Gordon Hayward. But I don't think anybody really knows that because no. we were so smitten with LaMelo. Yeah. 16-6-6, um, the kid has been uh, unbelievable. Um Far better than I thought he was going to be. Um, and all of a sudden, the Ball family has a couple of guys that are going to be, are making and will be making serious money. Uh, I saw a story where Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's dad, who's here in L.A. on the radio and calls Lakers games, said, I would love to see Lonzo in Golden State. And oh, wow, they didn't pick up in New Orleans uh, that last rookie option in the contract. So all of a sudden, Lonzo, he can shoot better. He's distributing well. He's averaging almost 15 points per game. He, he's going to make 60 to $80 million in his next deal. Could that be in Golden State? Lonzo Who knows? Good. From the NBA to college basketball, we're going after the break. Porter Moser, Oyola of Chicago's head basketball coach, joining us to talk a little NCAA tourney and their Cinderella, Cinderella run, run once again. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You told a story about the genesis of All Right, All Right, yes. All Right. Yes. Would you please tell that story? Here's where that comes from. So, okay. Days Confused. Yes. Genius film. I'm in the right bar at the right time. And a guy goes, hey, you ever done any acting? You might be right, just right for this part. Legendary <laughs> cast director and producer Don Phillips. And I said, yeah, I was in a Miller Lite commercial for about this long, but, you know, maybe I'm, I'm in film school at the time. And he goes, well, come to this address. You might be just right. Pick up the script. I go down, I pick up the script. There's three scenes with three lines. And one of the lines is Wooderson out front of the pool hall. The girls walk by, he checks her out going by, and uh, his buddy says, man, you gotta cut that out, you're gonna go to jail for that, Wooderson. Wooderson steps forward and says, no, man, that's what I love about those high school girls. I get older, but they stay the same age. <laughs> Legendary line, I call it a launch pad line. Nice. Like, you're gonna say, unpack anyone, any character who says that and believes it, we can write a book on that guy, right? <laughs> so, that was one of the lines. So, I go work on those three lines for three weeks. Um, I come back. And they do what's called a makeup and wardrobe test, meaning they're shooting another scene one night. I'm just going to show up. Director's going to step off the set and come and look and go, mm -hmm. great. I approve. Well, he comes and looks. He goes, geez, this is Wooderson. It's great. He goes, listen, uh, you're not scheduled to work tonight, but we're over here at the Top Notch drive through And you think Wooderson might want to pick up on the redheaded intellectual? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. <laughs> and he goes, want to shoot it? I'm like, sure. So I go get in the car. <laughs> I shoot my first scene ever in a film. Of your career? Of my career. Mm -hmm. And um, I had been listening to a lot of 70s rock and roll at that time. And there was a certain live recording of a Jim Morrison concert in like Amsterdam or somewhere where he barks at the crowd, all right, all right, all right, all right. Four times, real aggressively, though. I'm not thinking about that, but this comes back. So I'm in the car and I'm like, who's my man? I'm nervous. I'm about to hear after, who's my man? Who's Wooderson? I said, well, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 70 Chevelle. Yes. There's one. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, well, Slater's riding shotgun. You know, he's got a Dubois rolled up. <laughs> There's two. And I said, and I'm about rock and roll. And I said, well, I got Nugent Stranglehold in the eight track, man. There's three. And I hear action. 
And I look up, and in my mind, I go, and I'm about chicks. I got three out of four. Let's go get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. Wow. <laughs> that was it. So first confused. words I ever said on screen. First words I ever said. And that was the three affirmations of those three things I had. When they were, there we go. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Dan Helly. Filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show once again. Chris Brockman, TJ Jefferson, Mike Del What's Tufo, up, all with us currently. Fellas, you guys ready to uh, talk to another one of the great stories uh, in the NCAA tournament? Dude, yes, so Let's go. Oh, man. I, these guys. Porter Moser, head coach of Chicago. Hey, coach, how you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? We are doing so well. So glad to... Uh, actually have an NCAA tournament to be talking about. I know uh, the only people happier than us are the guys that are that are playing in it and coaching in it like you are. Um, congratulations, by the way. You guys are just the third team to beat a number one seed in the second round by double digits, led wire to wire over number one seed uh, Illinois. Um, what has this ride been like for you? I know you made the Final Four a couple of years ago, so I, I don't want to say you're used to it, but this is not new, at least for a couple of the uh, the older guys in your team. You know, we got we got two guys that were on that team, uh, Lucas Williamson and Cameron Crowick, but everybody else is new. So what's what's really great about this is just being able to sustain it, the program, and just to it's a big reason why I stayed is just you know feeling like you can just keep building something special. And uh, to, to all the things we had to go through this year, the twists and turns, the pivots, to get to this point and, you know, to get in here and then, you know, in our state of Illinois, two ranked teams going at each other to go to the Sweet 16. The storyline couldn't have been better for the Loyola Ramblers going into this thing. Oh, it was an unbelievable storyline. And, oh, by the way, you guys get to play with a big old chip on your shoulder because the committee, I think, screwed the pooch giving you guys an eight seed when you've been ranked in the top 25 for over a month and your top 10 in the net and Ken Palm and all these other metrics. What did you say to your guys when, when you got that eight seed? You know what? I'm always uh, talking to him about control. What you can control. So he, you know, I, part of the, we all kind of knew we we're like, you know what? All right, let's roll with it. Let's just go. And because, you know, the crazy thing about it is they came up with the net and what does the net stand for? It's the NCAA evaluation tool. That's what they said they were going to use and we were nine. So the, the one through four got all the one seeds. Five through eight got all the two seeds. And the ninth got the eighth seed. So it just is what it is. I know it's a hard job. I know they got things. So we really didn't make that big of a, a chip on our shoulder kind of thing. We just said, all right, let's go. Let's, it's all about pouring into Georgia Tech. And we, we beat them, and then it was all about Illinois. And that's kind of what we did last time. We didn't worry about a lot of the outside stuff. It was just what was in front of us. And our guys our – guys, just are really close, really together, and just have this confidence that they believe they can win the national championship. And last time we were seven minutes away, and we know we got some obstacles in front of us, but our guys believe. Dan Helley filling in on the Rich Eisen Show with Porter Moser, the head coach, coach at Loyola Chicago. I, coach, I have to ask you because I was doing a little deep dive and watching some YouTube videos of some interviews and podcasts that you've done, and there was, I can't remember who it was. But he talked about what great friends you guys were at the top of the podcast and then mispronounced your last name and you called him right from the jump. And I love that. As somebody who gets my name mispronounced all the time, 
<laughs> I, I really appreciated that. I think it was Tim Miles. Like it was, we were, yeah. We were joking. Yeah, and he was a great friend of mine. And uh, I was just joking with him when he said that. And he just he, got, he said Bozier on that, too. How, and is, it, is it so it, funny how he... Is it 50-50 the amount of people that say Mosier as opposed to Moser? You know what? Exactly, it is. It's, it's actually more say Moser like it's S-H. And uh, I really could care less. I'm not one of those guys. I really don't care. Um, but I just had to bust Tim's chops on it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I thought that was pretty funny. As I said, you know, my last name's Helly, and I can't tell you how often people just don't want to say hell. So they'll say Healy <laughs> or Halley. I'm like, it's Helly. It's just a Norwegian name, coach. Nothing I can do about it. Um, hey, so I love the emphasis on defense. You guys are the best defensive team in the country. And I'm wondering, it's so hard. So many coaches preach defense, but but you manifest it. You make it happen. Your players make it happen, but you, you, you guide them along in that process. Does this go all the way back to when you attended a, a Bobby Knight camp when you were a kid, this love of defense? <laughs> no, I wish I could say that, but no. I don't even have my memory that long. Um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, I tell you what, you know, I worked for Rick Majerus, and um, you know, he was so good defensively, but I think that's how we frame it you know, with our guys in the recruiting process. You know, sometimes you say, oh, we're going to play defense, and they think, oh, we're going to slow it down, we've got to play. But we kind of frame it like our defense creates offense. You know, we, we get stops, we can run. We, we get steals, we can run. And we talk about it, we frame it with how, like, in the pros, everyone's talking about two-way players. You know, Kobe, Michael, Kwai, Clay Thompson. You know, two-way players. And we frame it that way. Hey, you're going to learn. We're going we're to play great defense. We're going to create offense. We are going to run. Because we've been up in the top, you know, 40 in, in offensive efficiency as well. And uh, so I think it's how you frame it. The guys believe in it. They don't think we're just going to walk it up. They think we're going to guard our tails off, get stops, and run. So they, they really believe it's a, it's a way we can win. Having Crutwig and Williamson there as your, as your senior leaders who have been there before, how much do you lean on these two guys? You know what? It's huge. because you know. So we, we won the Missouri Valley Tournament two weeks ago, and we cut down the nets. We're celebrating. You can see all the guys because we've we got a lot of new guys. And they were just so excited. And we had a celebration cut up. We went in the locker room, and those two were like, you guys, this is awesome, but it gets a lot better. And when you got a, when you guys got voices that come from your peers, your, your friends, it just carries more weight. Because the coach can always say that, hey, I've been there before. You know, we got to do this. But when those guys said it, hey, it gets a lot better from here. we got to lock in. You know, we can advance and believe you can advance in this thing. And uh, just huge, just having those two guys been on that stage at the Final Four uh, a couple years ago. No, it's also huge to have 101-year-old sister Jean. She became a, a phenomenon nationally, uh, just beloved by everybody when you guys made the uh, Final Four run a couple of years ago. The pregame speech before the Illinois game, do you give her a, a, a scouting report, or is she doing no. this on her own? I mean, she just looks at the stats, and she, you know, she's, she said, you know, she, it was, it's funny sometimes. She'll say, oh, watch out for number 35. You know, she's, she's unbelievably sharp now. Um, but it's funny how it's kind of morphed into a scouting report. Um, <laughs> it's but amazing. She's, but she's so much a part of who we are, Fabric. She does give the, uh, the guys a blessing before they go, and, you know, this, this time through the phone. But, um, you know, for 101 years old, she still emails us, each one of us, after the game, every game. And she's just really sharp, and, she, you know, she's, um, she's woven in the fabric of who we are. Hold on a second. She, when you say each one of us, as in just yeah. the coaching staff, the players, everybody? No, I, I get a personal email. Then she sends each player a personal email after every game. 
That's incredible. Every yeah, every game. I, I, my in-laws, who are far from 101, <laughs> do not send emails. That's that's impressive. Well, my, I, I want to correct myself. My father-in-law does. My mother-in-law doesn't. So they could be watching right now. Coach, I don't want to get in trouble. That's <laughs> yeah, don't get yourself in trouble with the in-laws. See, you, you, you know about that. What is uh, – was it – was there a question mark about her coming? I would imagine being a hundred and one, and she yeah. insisted, she, she, right? She, she didn't attend a game. Arch Madness, which is the Missouri Valley tournament in St. Louis, they didn't let her go. And then she, I talked to her after we got back, and she was pissed. <laughs> she was like, um, <laughs> right now. "She goes, I'm going." She goes, "I looked them all in the eye and said, I'm healthier than all you. I've been vaccinated. I got thirty straight tests. I'm going." And right then I knew that, like, she's, she's getting her way. And uh, sure enough, um, she's here, and everybody's fired up that she's up in the, in the balcony. Sister Jean is a beast. I love it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, team to watch. It's fun to watch you guys play. She's a great story. I, I love your ties to Rick Majerus. He was one of my favorite coaches just from afar. Um, you know, when he was at uh, Utah way back in the day, I love the way that his, his team played and – um, I saw that you started journaling, which is something that I've yeah. been telling myself for the last decade that I'm going to do, and I have yet to do it. But you started doing that because of Majerus. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's just, you know, one, it was just every day I was just learning stuff. So I had like a basketball journal going, and then I had another side one of just crazy, hilarious stories. And I'm like, I got to start writing this down. I mean, there's just so much that was, you know, and then we get together with guys that, were, that had played for him and then coached with him. We'll see each other, and we'll just start telling stories and just laugh. And so I started writing them down, and I got about 100 pages of just hilarious stories. I'll sit up on my fire pit sometime and just start laughing, rehashing some of the stories. He meant so much to me, but he was also a great friend. Hilarious guy, so much fun, but he was a genius. Just sitting there in the my four years I spent as an associate head coach at St. Louis, we just sitting in a boardroom and, like, watching his mind twist and turn and game plan, and it was, it was like I was getting a Ph.D. from the guy. And he, it just meant a lot to me, and he, he's gone way too early. Did you, uh, you, you've written a book using some of those stories? Is that right or no? No, no, that was a different, like, I, I always thought if I was going to write a book, it was going to be, you know, remember how um, Steve Alford had a book and he put it out and it, it was called Playing for Night. Right. And I remember reading it cover to cover, like, and I just thought it was, it was riveting, just what it was like to play for night. And I got, I get asked the question all the time, especially my first, you know, while I was working for him, it'd be like, hey, what's it like working for Majerus? Everyone always asked me that question. So I was going to write, I was, my mind was always going to write a book called Working for Majerus. And then I got, after the Final Four, I got approached by the Loyola Jesuit Press. I'm like, eh, I think they want a different path for this book. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was more of uh, my path, my journey of faith, and uh, my journey of, of, of how I got to Loyola and got to the Final Four. And um, so I ended up doing that. But someday I might do it. Someday I might do with something, and, and it be, won't be disparaging at all. It'll be more honoring him, but telling funny stories of how, you know, because there was no one like him. There was no one like him in our profession. Yeah, he one of the all-time greats and, uh, and, and definitely uh, missed by all college basketball fans around the country. Um, I, I do need to ask you about what you have coming up. Uh, the Midwest region is just completely turned upside down. You guys, uh, despite being the, the eight seed, uh, coming in, you're the second highest seed remaining, and and now you have Oregon State coming up. What's the what's the scouting report? You have one yet on the Beavers? Yeah, I mean they're 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 very good. They're very hot. I mean, think about this: we drew the ACC tournament champs. They were hot coming in. Then we drew the Big Ten champs. They were hot coming in. Now we're drawing the Pac-12 tournament champs. Three straight 
tournament champs of Power Five conferences. So you know they they're very well coached. Coach Kinkle does an awesome job. They're they're hot. They're shooting it. They got a big man. They got a great point guard. Um, you know they're going to be hard to guard, and I think that's a big part of it. And then you look at the defense on the other two games with Syracuse and Houston. You've got two contrasting styles. You got Houston, who's probably played some of the best man-to-man physical defense in the country, and then you got Syracuse, who just has that long, long zone that you just got to figure out. And they're shooting it well. So, some very hot teams um, coming in here in these last four teams. Finally, before we let you go, Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen with uh, Porter Moser, little Chicago head coach. <laughs> uh, coach, what are you? What are you doing to keep busy when you guys aren't practicing and playing? Do you, are you guys? Do you have everything scheduled out? Every hour we're doing this, we're watching games together as a team. Or do guys get free time? I know there's really nowhere to go to kind of do their own thing. So that's a great question, uh, Dan Helly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love the enunciation. Uh, uh, I listen. Um, no, but I tell you, that's a. When we got here, we had to go to quarantine. So we got here Sunday night. We actually watched selection show in the Indy 500 Speedway, which was really cool. They let us take our buses around because once you checked in the hotel, you had to test and get put in quarantine. And I'm like, I'm watching the selection show with my guys, man. I'm not doing it separate in our rooms. So we checked in Sunday night, tested, had to quarantine. Woke up, had to test again, quarantine again. So then once it was almost Monday night when you got out. So really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're, you're practicing, preparing, and you don't get to go out outside much. But this is the week that we got to be really uh, aware because another week here, you, we haven't had much time to go outside. They really got you in a bubble. Um, the NCAA has been really well organized with the testing and all that. It's just there's some downtime, and this, it's going to be this week. So we've been coming up with some things to get these guys mentally uh, loose and free and, and just so much where they get out and do some things. So this week is the big week for, for this. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be maybe your most challenging job is to find stuff for uh, for the kids to do. We talked to Paul Mills, Oral Roberts head coach. They're playing a, they're playing a kickball game, staff versus team. So maybe that gives you an idea of you know something. No, to do. Are, they, are they going outside? Are they, are they able to go out? They're probably going to go during. We get like a half hour outside. So we were throwing around a football uh, a couple days ago. That was the one thing. We had a football in the baseball field. The guys were throwing it. and They had a soccer ball. But uh, I like the kickball idea. Yeah, that's I'm great bad. at wiffle ball too. I am. I'm like I'm a phenomenal wiffle ball player. So you can hit that, that wiffle ball curve. Out. Oh yeah. Oh, I grew up in Chicago. You play 16 inch softball in Chicago and wiffle ball. Okay. Two great ones. Ah, oh, Chicago guy Porter Moser. Hey, coach. Good luck, man. We're all rooting for you. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate the time and um, enjoy every minute of it. I know you are. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. How about wow. Porter Moser saying that? Sister Jean was pissed because she couldn't go to the conference <laughs> tournament. I believe it. That's amazing. She emails them after every game. Every every player and every coach on the team gets an email <laughs> from Sister Jean after every game. Oh, this woman is a godsend. Amazing. What an angel. It's a super fan amazing. right there. I totally got myself in trouble with the in-laws saying that they don't use email. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. Just my mother-in-law. My father-in-law's in. Uh, Jeff Bowles, Ohio head coach, coming up. Peter King coming up as well. Dan Helley filling in on the Rich Eisen Show. All right. This is uh, Dan Helley once again filling in for Rich Eisen. Big uh, Ohio hour coming up. Yeah. Because Peter's an Ohio he alum. He is. He's an Ohio alum. Yeah. Absolutely. The old uh, Bobcats. For some reason, 
Ohio University, growing up in suburban D.C. on the Maryland side, those of you familiar with D.C., it's the DMV, the District of Maryland, Virginia. I was on the Maryland side. But Miami of Ohio and Ohio were two pretty popular schools uh, for kids from my high school to to apply to. I don't know why that was. Um, you had all the mid-Atlantic schools, right? Delaware, Maryland, Towson. A few kids would end up at Clemson. But, yeah, Ohio. And the Bobcats. Last time Bobcats relevant in college basketball, Gary Trent, oh, right? Okay. Right? Who Coach Bowles played with uh, on that team. So we'll be asking him about that. Um, he also has a really cool uh, group chat with all the players from that team. And he said they kind of keep him in line when, when things aren't going well and when things are going well. Um, after that last win uh, for Ohio, there were 200 text messages on that group chain um, when they beat uh, Virginia. And Ohio, of course, taking on Creighton tonight. I believe that game's right around 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, coach, kind enough to uh, to join us. So looking forward to that com- conversation with uh, – Jeff Bowles. But before that, I know there's tons of tourney talk, as there should be, but uh, we're going to dig in a little bit into what's going on in the National Football League with Peter King, um, one of the great football writers of all time. Uh, The new TV deal, uh, the draft now going to be in Cleveland, and there will be some fans present at the draft. Peter King also going to talk about free agency. Um, in his uh, column last week, he talked about the lack of money that teams had to spend. They have a third of the money that they had uh, the previous year, and yet there have been some massive, massive free agent signings. Uh, the latest really big one, Kenny Galladay, of course, uh, with the Giants, a $74 million contract that could be worth even more. Uh, Peter King going to be joining us in just a matter of moments on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Helley is here filling in. We are back in a moment.